Welcome to the cocoon, where the 99% transform into 100%. I'm your host, Michael Baker, and you're listening to the Open Door Podcast Series. Please welcome my guest from Portland, Oregon, Louise Nielsen. I have the pleasure to be in the room with Louise Nielsen. The Louise Nielsen. (laughs) (laughs) I... I have all these stories, but this is my introduction to all my wonderful friends who are part of this wonderful tour and who are part of this vision and uh, that we all have. Um, and we have so many stories, but uh, Louise, you know, I want to introduce you to uh, my friends, to people who we don't know, mm-hmm. and uh, we're going to have some fun today. I know it. I, I know. know you. <laughs> so It's Louise, a given. It's a given. Uh, <clears throat> Louise Nielsen. Um you know, you you do so many things. I she is an innovator through and out. She is a wonderful, wise woman. Uh, she is fun. She's exciting. She's youthful, um, and I am so honored to have met you. And it really wasn't that long ago, was it? What, what about no. F- no, three, four months say, ago? No, now, no pressure here. <laughs> <laughs> it was. I mean, we we met. Perhaps March. So, yeah, about March. Yeah, it wasn't long ago. Okay, you know, first of all, yes, of course, there's been an introduction to this, but um, why don't you tell everybody about yourself, about you, and then we'll go into the story about how we met. Okay. (laughs) Um, In moments like this, I feel the need to confess to a checkered past. (laughs) (laughs) I have been many things in my in my lifetime and in my work. Uh, I am uh, a parent and uh, certainly a wife, and I have been uh, uh, an instructor at Merrillhurst University for 25 years in the communication department. Hmm. Uh, I am a mediator in private practice, and my claim to fame is that I mediate uh, disputes between angry postal workers, <laughs> <laughs> and I also mediate uh police citizen disputes for the Portland Police Bureau, for actually for the city of Portland, independent police review. Uh, and beyond that, I do various kinds of consulting. Hmm. Uh, I'm qualified to administer the Myers-Briggs type indicator and also the Curtin Adaption Innovation Inventory, which is my current favorite instrument. It measures uh, styles of creativity, emphasizing that everyone's creative just they manifest it in different ways. Okay. So, all right. So you, <laughs> you just let out a lot of information. So first of all, for everybody, let's start with number one. What is a mediator? A mediator is an impartial third party who uh, facilitates a conversation between two people who aren't communicating. Uh, we don't have a vested interest in the outcome, and I very often feel privileged to witness the transformation that occurs when two people who are very entrenched in their positions realize that the other person isn't as bad as they thought they were. Hmm. Uh, I've mediated over the years uh, workplace disputes, of course, and uh, neighborhood disputes, community disputes. Neighborhood disputes. Like, give me an example. Well, the classics, uh, high percentage are barking dogs. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Are you talking about neighbors oh, complaining yeah. against neighbors? Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah. And how do they find a mediator to do this? I mean, well, how- there's there's community programs. Oh, okay. Uh, in Portland, Resolutions Northwest. Really. Used to be the city, and uh, they're a nonprofit. Uh, just about most w- major cities, major, larger cities in Oregon have a community program. The counties have programs. Clackamas County, Multnomah County, Hillsboro, uh, East it's East Metro, and Gresham, uh, Bend. You know, Roseburg. I mean, they're they're all around, and so uh, part of it, it it seems to be sometimes a well kept secret, and so people need to be aware that that it's available, and uh, they're funded in such a way that, to a large extent, they're a free service. Hmm. The uh, neighborhood disputes. Uh, when I was at Resolutions Northwest, I also mediated uh, neighborhood you know d- disputes in. Uh, high-rise apartments that were Section 8 housing. <laughs> oh, boy. And, oh, and very real. I mean, here are oh, these yeah. people that, that uh, the, the noise through the wall and uh, the, the uh, uh, altercations that happen at the elevator because somebody's yappy dog is nipping at your ankles <laughs> while you're waiting for the elevator. And you get, a, you know, one 80-year-old woman that pokes the other one in the shoulder, and the, the, she says, well, she calls the cops because that's assault. You know? Really? And the, and the cops, we do a lot of police referral. You know, the cops are saying, uh, can you take care of this for us? We have other things to do. Very real. Okay. This is, this, we could dive into this for oh, days. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So this brings, there's a lot of here. So when you're talking about disputes or mediation, so you're, are you saying that you also deal with police, um, the police force? How, how, how does that operate? They, how does that work? Uh, yeah, the independent police review that's run through the auditor's office, when they receive cases that are uh, citizen complaint driven, they prioritize them according to the severity of the case. And in Portland, there's about 4% of those cases that are deemed uh, not so severe, like like violence involved or something, and not uh, frivolous, which is to say retaliatory or frequent flyers, that's my term, mm-hmm. uh, or people who are um, so mentally ill that they their the voices in their head told them to complain. Yes, you know, that yes. Kind of thing. And so we mediate those that are courtesy, conduct, and procedural. And they average an hour and 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. There's no expectation of a written agreement or an outcome uh, other than the officer and the citizen getting to talk together because the officer can't do it during the traffic stop or during the situation that caused the citizen to be uh, disgruntled or feel that the officer was discourteous or those kinds of things. But to have the luxury of a little while to be able to sit down with that officer and say, why did you stop me? Or what, you see, and the, and the, citizen, and the officer is 90% of the time quite forthcoming about police procedure, uh, and they talk about it, and then, they're, and then they're done. Okay, you're catching me off guard because I did not realize that, that you were going there. So you're saying, <laughs> because... You we ha- we I have, can go other places. Well, we have, no, but it's... it's Perfect, because that's the issue. We have, oh, I didn't think we were going to go here already, but, um, you know, you're talking about actually people having issues with the policemen or yes. the police force. Right. As you know, we have a lot of 
uh, some some stuff going on out there oh, that I, we keep pushing in the news. Right. All right. So yeah. there's the Black Lives Matter and and many many other things and um, you know the 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 thing that happened up in um they're going to trial for where they uh, uh, you know were occupying. Uh, the the government land and now they're in jail yeah, and, and so so all these things are happening with police officers that you know or the homelessness issue and people you know dealing with that there's so many things that people feel like they don't have any power or to say and you don't see a lot of mediation or people t- discussing this so I don't know if it's off track but kind of tell me how that works I mean I believe that it is a well kept secret. Not intentionally, but that if more people knew that this was available uh, and the outcomes of it, for the most part, in my experience, are very positive. There, uh, there's often handshakes. Uh, there's often hugs. And the, both people leave better off mentally in their own minds than when they came. They thank each other for it. Uh, I mediated one. Are we talking police officers? We're talking hugging, police officers. Hugging. Oh, absolutely. Uh-huh. You know, they're humans. And and and, and I jest with this. I, I because yes, you're right, and I, I agree. I right, agree. Yeah. right. And and uh, I did one uh, now about a year and a half ago. That was all time favorite in over 25 years of mediating. Mm-hmm. And they both waive confidentiality, so I can talk about it. Okay. And they. Okay, so let me tell you what happened. Uh, Shots fired in the night, and a white police officer is at the scene, which was at an apartment complex parking lot. And he's there with his shotgun, and they're checking out what's going on, and they don't know if there's a shooter still in the area. Okay, so woman comes from uh, the adjoining apartment across the street into the parking lot, and the officer says to her, she's a black woman, older black woman, and he says, hey, you, get over here. Well, I don't have to do it. Hey, you, get over here. Mm-hmm. So she was afraid that if she did not comply, he would shoot her. That's her reality. Mm-hmm. And this was six months after Ferguson when, you know, there was a shooting. And so she comes over and gives him her name and phone number, which he's requiring and she pushed on it, so, you know, he, he finally got it. She goes back in her red bathrobe, middle of the night. She goes back to bed. I mean, a lot of people were out because of the commotion. Mm-hmm. And about a half an hour later, the officer's there with about five other officers wanting to search her apartment for weapons. Okay? So me, as an impartial person, is thinking the cop's pretty much of a jerk. I don't know, because think, what's the deal? And so through, through the mediation, we find out that, in fact, she had a weapon. Mm. She was a retired federal officer. Oh. I know. This is my favorite part about mediation. <laughs> you just never know what's going to come up. Whoa, okay. And so she refused to let him uh, search her apartment. And the reason she wanted to mediate was she didn't know that he had probable cause. She thought... He was picking on her because she was black. But they had asked around, you know, do you know anybody who has a weapon? And people in the area knew, besides she was, this was in an area of Portland where there weren't a lot of blacks, Mm -hmm. but knew that she had a weapon. Right. They didn't say why. 
you know. So um, during the mediation, which I'm telling you was 25 minutes long, that's all it took. Hmm. Okay. We start out, I do the opening statement, I explain, you know, what we're hearing, the ground rules and all that, I get agreement. And then she started telling her story, and he does not interrupt. He lets her tell her whole story. And then when it's his turn, she's done. And that's kind of the way these go, uh, often different kinds of mediations go Mm -hmm. different ways. He starts, and I tallied. The only thing I wrote down, I did three different things. I tallied the numbers of times he apologized for having frightened her. Hmm. He had no idea that what he was doing was so scary. Because he's in his own thing with his flak jacket and you know with a shotgun and he telling her to come here he didn't think he was scaring her <laughs> well he's he's worried about the shooter shooting him right and everything else and here's some lady in a red bathrobe you know and his his orders are to get names and numbers so that's right. what he's doing she's within the scene of the crime so then i wrote down the word you hey you get over here mm-hmm. and i asked her if she heard that as racial, yes. Was there anything he could have said that would have kept you from thinking that it was racial? Well, yeah. If he'd have said, hey, lady, I wouldn't have thought it was profiling. He's amazed. Right. He had no idea. Right. Okay? So then, on this otherwise blank sheet of paper, I drew a circle. And I said to her... So when I hear you use the word area, I'm hearing that you thought it was about this big, that you were in the area, and then you left the area. And she's like, yeah, yeah. And so then I drew a larger circle that completely encompassed her circle mm. and said to the officer, so when you use the word scene, yeah, it sounds like this is what you're describing, and that even though she thought she was leaving the area, in your mind she was still in the scene of the crime. And he said, yeah. And she got that. Right. And they ended up, again, inside 25 minutes, laughing, joking, saying, why isn't this being done all the time? Okay. And that would be the exact question. And so, you know, now I, I got to admit to everybody, you know, I know, I know Louise, and we've been talking about things. And my point here is to, is to share this with people to go, the things that we don't know that are here and available to right. you, right. and that's the whole um, essence of why we're doing this podcast, this, these tours, this whole platform is to show people what they have access to, and not just show, but to be an act. So, with that said, I, th- it really does amaze me. Um, we're going to go later into, uh, you know, I don't want to say solutions, but discussing a little bit more about the mediation because obviously this is something that needs to be happening everywhere. Right. Um, go ahead. Let me interject Please. that police citizen mediations are going on in, I think, approximately right now, uh, uh, four different cities New York, I think, Washington, D.C., Denver. I know because I trained some mediators there to mediate. And then in May, I was there training volunteer mediators, please, to uh, to mediate with uh, four different rural jurisdictions, so sheriffs outside of Denver. And we got 
police officers to come and be in the role plays as police officers. Wow. Which, in fact, then educated them to what was going on. And there was one in particular, this man who was from internal affairs from this outlying, you know, suburb of Denver, Mm -hmm. who sat for most of the two-day training with his arms crossed, and he had a pretty fierce look on his face, (laughs) and he was, you know, just watching this. Mm -hmm. And towards the end, he softened. He was in a couple role plays, and he I overheard him talking to some people, and I asked him if he would share what he had just said to the whole group at the Mm -hmm. end, sort of recapping. And he said that when he came in, he thought this was going to be a lot about police hating and police Mm -hmm. bashing. Mm -hmm. And he could see that it wasn't and that it was impartial and that I, I actually was able to accommodate what the police needed in terms of what they needed civilians to know. Yes. So I included that in the training just in the moment and uh, about police ranking, things like that. Yes. And he's a total convert. So it works both ways. Absolutely. And it needs to be done more often, in my opinion, you know, all over, everywhere, just as one way to start kind of an on-the-ground uh, police uh, you know, when you talk about community policing, yes. but just, and uh, these officers appear for the most part uh, in uniform, armed, and as they were during the traffic stop or whatever it was, so that they see them as officers, yes. but also see them as people that are fallible and willing to um, uh, admit they made a mistake, uh, explain the circumstances so that the citizens understand that they need to, when the police tell them to stop and go stand over there, they need to do that. <laughs> right. Well, because, again, we're like, we're. The, I knew we were going to be doing tons of sessions, so we're almost out of this first one, but to, you're going to come back here tomorrow, right? Really, it's today, but we'll say tomorrow because it's going to be a, another segment. So, sure. Um, so, but before we leave, all right, because this is amazing, um, on this note, about the police officers and people, you know, I got I got to say from from me um, as a black person, Afri- if you want to say African American, whatever you know, yeah. anybody says, I'm a you know person of color. Um, I have noticed these things throughout the years. Um, you know, I'm a small person, so you know, you would think I don't look like a what you would think see in the mind someone who's doing something wrong. The fact is, is that. Um, it really doesn't matter because what I've seen, what I've noticed, uh, is that it has to do with, we're talking now brain chemistry, we're talking about belief systems, we're talking about, um, and I want to call it profiling. I, I, I don't think that most of the people, and I know people will go, well, no, that's not true. They may argue that they're trying to profile, that they're out to get people. I know that there's people in in any um, uh government agency or business or civilian people who are just doing things because they are because they have some issues but i think what happens most of the time at least i saw with me was that um there is a profiling that goes along it's like oh your car you're supposed to look at certain cars that look a certain way um 
I think also there's a lot of black people in the car and they're such and such and such. Well, if you have experienced as a person, well, I'm not just talking police officers, as a person, certain things, your brain remembers those things. Go ahead. That's what the literature refers to as implicit bias, unconscious bias. And your listeners can go on the web to that term. Implicit look up bias. Implicit bias and look up the Harvard test mm -hmm. for implicit bias. You will be shocked. Okay. And it's, it's uh, culturally derived and it's hardwired uh, and it's malleable. Malleable. So break you this need, down into a right. more easy language. Um, right. And so what... Um, what that means is that what, what they do, in fact, what the test does is show you faces, black faces, white faces. Mm -hmm. And I, I need to throw out that I am a short, white, post-middle-aged <laughs> female. You know, okay. It seems fair. Um, and they rate your bias by how many seconds it takes you to associate a face with a word. Mm. And the words uh, can be uh, pleasant words and unpleasant words. And uh, they do a series of, it doesn't take very long to take, like three or four minutes. And they have done it so many times and, and you know, have tracked the results that it's, it's, um, and it's consistent over time. Uh, that even blacks have a white bias. Mm -hmm. And so it's not so much profiling, it's much more unconscious than that. Right. And the thing that's heartening to me, as somebody who's, who's getting ready to be able to do some training in this area, mm -hmm. is that it is malleable in that it's, it's not hardwired. Right. It can change with uh, deliberate slowing down and looking for the variables outside of the instant unconscious assumptions that we make. Absolutely. And the example they give is that if you take a deck of cards and you sort it by hearts and diamonds, spades and clubs, you can do it in seconds, hmm. 52. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If you sort it by hearts and clubs and diamonds and spades, Mm. It takes a lot longer. Oh. You can do it. Right. But you have to be more intentional. And that's all it's about. Intentional. It's, it, that's it. it. So, so, again, oh, this is good. The intention. You know, I see people, we're, going, we're just going to stay here and talk. Uh, you know, we're in a, a, an interesting time on in the planet Earth. <laughs> In America, especially, uh, we have this election going on, and, and uh, we see these great polarities, you know, here with these, quote unquote, you know, the candidates. Um, and I'm not demeaning anyone. I'm just saying that it's, you know, everyone. Oh, it's undeniable. It's yeah. It's it's clear to see that everybody's yeah. like, I don't want any of these people, but yet there, where we've been taught the game of opposite and right and left mm -hmm. and let's go to black and white, good or evil, this or that, and so. What I see, let's go into our innovator talk. What I see uh, is, is that's what's happening. We're seeing the the full on, full fledged, um, true polarization, and I say polarization um, as far as left or right as you can be, or you want to go as far as darkness or, or evil or light. We're seeing these things being played out. 
and we're seeing it here to to so that and this is my 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 uh, perception so that we can choose what will you intend what is your true intention what do you, what, who are you really do you even want this you know we look at the presidency and i think it's it's a choice again to say do you even want this whole system that you have we keep thinking that we have to have it why not just change it um do you want the system that you have where you know we have these things i have friends who are like you know this you know the stuff with the black lives matter thing i you know i think that the, the media is pushing that and i understand that um and they think that really you know we don't there's really no issues you know that have to deal with uh um you know police officers shooting black people or or as we're saying profiling or having a bias um, but this is happening in everywhere. This isn't just happening in the, you know, with policemen and black people. This is happening in our culture. Uh, we have been downloaded and been trained to be in battle. Well, to be afraid, very afraid. To be in you know, fear. It sells yeah. products. Well, there you go. You can. We're 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 literally raised to be sold to, to um, to fear things so that we will either buy things or don't do things. And when you are in fear, and when you are in angst and anger, I'm not saying anger. Anger is a wonderful thing if it leads you to be intentional and conscious. But unbridled anger and not knowing what you're doing is chaos. And, and feeds the fire of what you're actually wanting not to do, which is, you know, more violence. Um, and I know people, you know, again, some of my friends, w everybody has a different opinion about things. And now my thing is put it on paper, what you just did. That's these mediation things you're discussing. So let's sit down and have a conversation, not talk about things that you don't even know about. I don't know anybody who's been shot out there. I can't even speak to that. That's just talking. That's, that's like, you know, when we have these things on TV and there's a trial. I have no business watching these murder trials. I don't know these people. I have no, that's none of my business. What's my business is what I'm going to do about me and how I'm treated. And if I see other people being treated unfairly or an issue, I want to figure out why. And let's let's get to the root bottom. That's that mediation. That's that talking. That's that conversing. Let's sit down with the police officers and people and the, the uh, uh, that have gone through these things and actually work out. And if people even thought that they had the opportunity to do this, I think that we would make more leeway in many things. You, you're thinking there. I see that. See that. Because now I'm just talking. I mean, you Wheels know, turning I, right. Because I don't. Again, I know people get emotional. This is not an emotional thing right now. This is just observations and talking. We will be discussing and these right. things a lot. But well, what I'm thinking is that doing that is is highly trainable. It's very accessible. Doing what? Uh, learning. Uh, an, another approach to thinking about things. Yes. Um, and having taught conflict management for years, having taught negotiation skills and mediation skills, um, you can you can watch it happen where people, by learning to to uh, consider uh, other options for why people are doing what they're doing, uh, for learning to ask open-ended questions that say, you know, tell me more about that, or, mm -hmm. or uh, what would cause that. 
what would cause that, you know, that person to think that way? Mm-hmm. Uh, it opens up all sorts of possibilities. And so it's, it's doable and it's not taught. It's not considered a hard skill that can be tested. So it's, it's lost, you know, exactly. it's, it's the art of communication and uh, it's, uh, it's unfortunate. It is. Well, you know, so on that note, um, Louise and I are going to be doing these types of things and creating these programs um, uh, to solve issues or problems. And I would say solve problems, meaning uh, get to the root of things, Uh, allow people to um, see more clearly. Okay, to be more intentional. This is all about being conscious. And I use that word a lot. And consciousness to me is just being aware and being allowing that that what you may perceive could be actually um, different than what someone else does. And that and, and your, you know, your story about the woman and the police officer, we could actually come to some resolution rather than having to. Um, fight everything and we have a lot going on in our in our world right now and i think people are trained not think uh, i see it uh to um fight a system or to think that they have no power the only reason why we want to fight and we feel oppressed is because you feel you have no power mm-hmm. when you feel like you have no power that is like a caged animal okay trying to be set free and we have been living in an environment that has uh, allowed this to really proliferate and it doesn't have to be because it's not we people are so if they realize their power um, their whole world would change and that's what we're going to be doing you know here uh, on these podcasts and through these various workshops Louise we're going to have you back because uh, this segment's over but let's come back again and let's talk about this high innovator program, this innovator, you always talk about high innovators um, and some other things that you do because you're just amazing and I want people to really uh, understand this. So will you will you come back for another segment? Oh, absolutely. All right, yeah. all right. Yeah. All right, so on that note, um, thank you and we'll talk to you real soon. Okay, you're welcome. <laughs> You've been listening to the Open Door podcast series. The Open Door is part of the cocoon the creative action centers of online open source networks. Tune in weekly, where we share ideas on consciousness, health, and creativity. Together, we are taking action where the 99% transform into 100%.